Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I am your host, the Cuban Queen Pen. Guys, I have a guest who has been on before and oh my gosh, she has come to share the goods. I'm talking about none other than our favorite Tamina Watson. So let's take a moment out and I'll be right back with Tamina. So guys, I know I've been saying it. We've been saying her name all over the place in lives and past podcasts, but she's finally back. I'm talking about none other than Miss Tamina Watson. Tamina, please, I can't even say introduce yourself. I think I've been talking about you more than I say my own name. <laughs> you are so <laughs> kind, Queen Pin. Thank you so much. Um, I am really honored and grateful to be here. And I cannot wait to tell you what's been going on in the world of immigration or what not has ha- what hasn't happened in immigration. <laughs> I know. Okay. So for those of you who I will definitely leave the last couple of links, cause she's been on a couple of times. Um, yeah, we actually got her to debunk some of the 90 day fiance myths, which yeah, there are going to be a couple of those questions, but she's way more than that. She's like the immigration superhero of lawyers. Um, <laughs> kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> so yes. But oh my gosh, and now I get to hear that you're you're adding author to the long list of things that you do. Yeah, it's been, uh, COVID has been really interesting because, um, you know, like most of the, your listeners, you've been stuck at home, but I have so much to say and so much to share that as COVID began um, in June 2020, sort of as we got it settled into it, I started writing my second book that was published in October 2020. And that's called Legal Heroes in the Trump Era. And that book is about all the work that myself and many other lawyers had done during the 2016 to 2020 period when immigration really was coming under attack. And so that was that book. And then I had my first audio version too. So the Legal Heroes book is available in paperback, ebook, as well as audio. And then uh, 2021, as you know, the new administration was going to take office, I realized I needed to advocate for something I used to advocate for, uh, you know, a long time ago, and that's called the startup visa. It's a visa category for people who want to start their companies in the US using funding from American investors. And what's interesting about timing is the book took a lot longer than I expected to write. I was I started January 2021, and it just got published last week, and it's now a number one um, new release on Amazon in various categories, whether it's venture capital, valuation, immigration policy, Congress. It's number one in all of those. But what's also interesting is uh, the universe seems to be synchronizing, and just yesterday, Congresswoman uh, Lofgren just published um, or dropped a, a bill 
for this particular issue. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. And the book is still on 99 cent sale because of the launch and it's 50% off for the paperback. And I, I hope anybody who's listening that's in the um, startup ecosystem will pick it up and share it with whomever needs to read it. And I'm so grateful you're giving me a chance to speak oh, about wow, it. Wow, that's so awesome. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about visas before, but I didn't even know there was such a thing as a startup visa for people who wanted to start their own companies. Well, the thing is, we don't have one. We do. We have different types of visas that people use to come in, but it doesn't really work for the modern day startup founder who is getting their, you know, sleeves up and hands dirty and using investor funded, um, you know, uh, companies. And so that's the advocacy that's going on to create a new visa. And this type of visa ex exists in Canada. It exists in Australia, the UK, but not in the United States. And so wow. just a couple of weeks ago, Congress had a hearing on it. And I was very, very lucky to be able to send a statement as well as the manuscript to Congress for, you know, to support their efforts. So we'll see where it goes. I'm very, I'm very proud of the book and I'm very hopeful about what can happen in the near future. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So, okay. I have to ask you in the worlds of law, how difficult was this with all the courts being closed? Because you and I really, I mean, we've had you know, some back and forth, but we really haven't chatted since the pandemic started. So how, how difficult was this to maneuver? Because I mean, I know whole businesses closed, you know, and I'm pretty sure there are people that just were like folding, you know, folding it in. So how was it in the field of law? You know, knowing that the courts were closed, and then going to zoom courts and, you know, not being able to file certain things? How was that? That's a really good question. And I think the answer will vary depending on the lawyer you speak with and their practice areas. For immigration law, you know, I, I don't necessarily go to immigration court. I started a nonprofit to help lawyers represent uh, people in court. But as soon as March 2020 began, immigration courts actually did close down and um, slowly they picked up to having some telephonic hearings and recently they've started again but limited appearances and for certain types of cases. So for immigration court there was really a, a, a long time of standstill and it's been an interesting time because the Biden administration is really trying to try something new as well for people who are coming through the border and they're trying to fast track them. And so that is a program that is just about to start and we'll see how that goes. But in general, chaos is an understatement for what, for what happened in, in the court system in every area of law. And even though in some areas of law, you had to keep going. So there were Zoom co courts. And of course, you may all have seen the cat filter <laughs> for, for that Zoom court. I don't know if you've seen okay, it. Okay, let, let's put it this way. I'm still looking for the, how to put that cat filter up. <laughs> I have not found. Okay, 
for those of you who have been following me, yes, I am still actively looking for the cat filter. So if any of my listeners know where to find this Zoom cat filter, please let me know because I have not found it yet. Do you know who might know is if any of your listeners have kids, (laughs) those kids will know. (laughs) Let's put it this way. I've asked the fam clan. I think that they're just hiding it from me because they probably do know and they're like, no, we don't want Queen Pin with the cat filter. (laughs) Yeah, she's never going to be a human again. Um, yeah, so court systems have gone through a, a, a complete sort of chaos and it's it's ongoing. I don't think things have gone back to normal yet. And for immigration cases, particularly, a lot of backlog has built up. And, you know, there were already a, a huge backlog of cases and that number has exponentially increased. So, We'll have to see what happens. My hope is this administration is truly trying to think outside the box to see how to deal with things in a just way. So it's a matter of time, I think. So one of the questions I did want to ask, this was a 90-day question, but this was actually a real question because you and I had spoken before and we talked about the financial affidavit. Um, where the for the K-1 visa process, the sponsor is actually responsible for the person for the next 10 years. But I'm not sure if this was something that was done for production or something that is real. But we did hear one of the lawyers on the show saying that now the 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 past admin the recent most recent administration, not the current one, has made it so that it's a lifetime responsibility for this person you know i don't so let's backtrack a little bit um and we're gonna go through sort of a chronology of time so i think you and i spoke maybe 2018 ish i or 19 2019 time is a blur but of course you know we're in the middle of uh, the previous administration that was making so many changes left and right and one of them was called public charge and and that public charge issue really went into effect just before COVID began. So it was, they had put it on the books and they had gone through litigation back and forth, back and forth. The courts start it, courts stop it. But then eventually around February 24th, 2020, and that date is etched in my mind, uh, the public charge rule went into effect. Now, what that meant was uh, not necessarily lifetime. It was there were two aspects to it. There is the U.S. citizen immigration sponsor, the fiance, the husband, the wife, whoever's a U.S. citizen. And remember, the point of the ninety-day fiance is the person comes to the U.S. and then they get married within ninety days. Right, so right. Paperwork happens, but what the policy changed was. Previously, we would look at only the U.S. citizens income or savings, their financial status. But the rule changed it to making sure that the beneficiary, who have the fiance coming over, their finances were looked upon there. And it wasn't just finances. They were going to look at several different criteria, their health, their education, their work skills, their language skills, their credit score, their savings and and their income potential and their income itself. 
So suddenly we went from looking at one set of criteria to overnight almost 10. And wow. you're looking at both, both sides of them. And so what happened during that period we were thrown into the midst of this new thing called COVID-19. Right. Where life suddenly stops. But all of us lawyers were panic ridden, not just about COVID-19, but suddenly we had to figure out how are we going to help our clients with this additional information. Now, it was also going to be treated in two different ways if you're outside the US or if you're inside the US. So let's take your 90 day example. There might be somebody outside the US who's a fiance and now they have to wait for an embassy interview. At that interview, their finances would, would not have been questioned in the past. But right. for this rule, suddenly they had to gather all of this documentation that they sometimes have, sometimes don't have, you know, and the standards of income and education and skills, they are different in different countries. So suddenly the bar was so high that we were worried about everybody. And then, you know, as that rule went into effect, the world also stopped. So embassies around the world actually stopped having interviews. So, you know, I don't know what the status is a lot of a lot of the people that you've uh, seen on TV. Are they still outside the country? If they are, were outside the country, they're likely still outside the country. Wow, that that was what I was going to ask because I know one of the one of the one of the status or one of the statuses that you and I have spoken about is a person being on public benefit. Mm -hmm. And meaning that, of course, before the sponsor could not be receiving public benefit, they had to be a working person. Now, now with you saying the new thing of looking at, of looking at the beneficiaries finances, we've seen where a couple of the beneficiaries are either one now unemployed, whether it was due to COVID or at the request of their fiance. And it seems like one of them was receiving some sort of public benefit from their country. Would that affect their visa status? Um, the, the answer is things have changed again. So uh, 2020 February, this rule went into effect. And we that period was very stressful. We were like, we weren't even sure how all of this was going to affect them. But the answer to that question, Queen Pin is yes, it would have affected their visa status, visa application, because the government would be like, well, we don't believe you're going to be working when you get to the US. But when President Biden came into office, recently, I would say in the last two, three months, the rule has now been uh, removed. So we're back to how it was when you and I first spoke, but we were left with a lot of frustration, um, anxiety. And of course, a lot of people had to spend a lot of money to get through this too. Right. So, the, so as a lawyer, like as an immigration lawyer, does this leave you guys scrambling, trying to figure out what rules are in place and what rules oh aren't? Gosh. <laughs> yeah. You like know, it just sounds like everybody's like, let me figure it out today. No, like, let me tell you something tomorrow. Like that's very confusing. 
Yeah. I mean, what we saw in the last four years, we would dread Friday nights because 5 p.m. Friday was when bad news was dropped. And then, you know, oh. we'd wait for the next tweet and the next tweet and we'd figure out what policy changed today and which client do I need to tell to tomorrow. But, you know, with the new administration, the Biden administration, they are uh, rolling back on some of those one by one. And they are, a, you know, helping our clients, I'd say. But what this administration has been left with is a system that was completely broken down. They didn't have a lot of staffing and they just gutted the system. And they intentionally caused breakdowns in the system in and, in and of itself. But then this administration is also dealing with, you know, a global pandemic that has affected immigration around the world, US immigration around the world. And so uh, what's interesting is that I'm facing, and every immigration lawyer will confirm this, is that we're facing new issues on a regular basis. So for example, I'll give you the COVID example, you know, people who come to the US to visit, for example, visitor visas. Right. Suddenly they couldn't leave the country. People who are, you know, students and they finish their student visas, those people who are on their, you know, work visas and the work has finished. Um, you have to have status in the US. And if you don't have status, you need to leave. Suddenly borders around the world closed. Countries did not allow planes to leave uh, or go out of the country. People right. were on standstill wherever they were. And so we had to file cases for them. And so the USCIS, the United States Immigration um, and Citizenship Services, um, the agency that gives the benefits, they were overwhelmed. And of course, you know, field offices, immigration offices within the United States, they were all shut down from about March 2020 to about September 2020. And so they see hundreds of people on a daily basis. Think about the backlog that has been created. So suddenly we have this, you know, influx of applications being filed. At the same time, people who needed to go to the embassies, like a lot of the people on 90 days, couldn't go to the embassies wherever they were because the embassies had shut down. On top of that, just to remind your listeners, the um, previous administration had bans. They had visa-specific bans. Now, embassies couldn't see people anyway, but they used the COVID-19 as a vehicle to create bans for people they didn't want to have come into the country, like parents, like siblings, like workers. Um, and so they were all banned. And then what also happened was there were country bans. Now, the country bans were where there were surges in COVID-19. Um, right, right. Know, the, the pandemic. So the entire Europe, you know, Schengen countries were subject to a ban. Then the surge happened in Brazil, ban in Brazil. The surge happened in South Africa, ban in South Africa. And then recently it was India, ban in India. So now as immigration lawyers, we have to immediately ask our clients, which country are you from? What kind of visa are you getting? And what are we going to do now? President Biden did lift the visa bans, 
So now there aren't any visa bans. So people on H-1Bs or whatever parents can now come in. The trouble is that uh, these countries where there are bans, they're not even going to see you for an interview. So if anybody uh, on 90 days is from a European country or a Schengen country, uh, let's call it Germany or Switzerland or the UK, a UK has a separate ban uh, because it's not part of Schengen. Um, right. They can't. Right. They can't get appointments. So the chaos that we see on a daily basis is, um, you know, in almost every area of immigration, and we have to really sit down and analyze what do we need to do for this client in this moment. And if there is a change tomorrow, then we have to think about. What are we going to do for you? I mean, DACA is a great example to give you. You know, DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival. Right, right. Because, and it seems like to me, the funny thing is, in the middle of COVID, it seemed like almost like DACA disappeared. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it wasn't being heard. And I know that it was, you know, it seemed like the whole world was in a standstill. But we have to remember, a lot of this stuff did not just poof go away that's right that's right and then last week um or two weeks ago time is a blur a judge struck down DACA saying it wasn't um legally implemented and so new DACA applicants cannot file their cases so here we are you know preparing cases for our clients and now we're like well you can file it but nobody's going to really look at it and so there are Change is happening quite frequently, and we really have to stay abreast of what's going on. That is so, that is so crazy. That is really crazy. I mean, it it goes back to what I said. It sounds like you guys are just scrambling to keep up with every single change being made. And and it's it's so weird not being able to walk into an office, not being able to walk into a courtroom, not being able to i mean yeah you can see someone over zoom but it's you can't i don't know it's 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 weird when it's not tangible to me i guess is what i'm saying yeah it it is weird and um while there are changes going on a lot of people will say well the changes aren't happening fast enough either so for example people who are waiting for interviews let's just take your 90 day example somebody you know came here for the 90 days then they got married now they have to get an interview to get a green card those cases have been pending from before covid-19 only a handful of cases have been approved but what happens to that person's life they cannot necessarily you know, get their green card. They can't have that security that they need. A green so, card. Oh, yeah. So here's a question. What What would you say the percentage of green card backlogs are, are about now? You know, I actually wrote an article about it and I don't remember the numbers quite off the top of my head, but they're in the hundreds of thousands. Um, I, I Since speaking with you last, Queen Pin, I have two national columns, actually, in addition to the book. I write um, for a, an online legal magazine called Above the Law. So it's called Above the Law. And every two weeks I write an article. One of them was about the backlog. 
and how we need to reduce the backlog. And in that article, I write about the statistics and the um, green card applications are not the only ones pending. There are citizenship cases pending. There are asylum cases pending. Um, you know, you name it, there are interviews pending. And all of those have culminated into, you know, I want to say close to half a million cases. Uh, I can't remember the article. I'll make sure that I send you the link, but a lot of cases. Thank you. Oh my gosh. So for those that were like wondering why I speak of this woman so highly, you are now understanding. I keep telling you, she's like the superhero of lawyers. You're too kind. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) And, and, and let's get this straight. She's, she's corrected me several times. She was a barrister, which I keep telling you people is not a barista. It's not the person you see at Starbucks. (laughs) Totally, totally. I don't make coffee. I suck at it. (laughs) Unless it's Keurig and then it's actually pretty good. (laughs) But yes. Oh my gosh. This is, I'm just like listening to you. And this is like so crazy i i think by now i would have just been like okay enough i quit just stop make it all stop like and you guys just keep going and you keep up the fight i have to i have to really take my hat off to you because you are just like so amazing with this that's so kind i I think i at this point i just like no i'm just gonna sit in a corner and suck my thumb like i (laughs) (laughs) i have to say i have those moments too because you know it's really hard to keep yourself motivated because you don't see the change or you don't see the people who need to be helped helped in the way they should be but at the same time that fuels me to want to bring the change because while I have those moments where I sit in the corner and I'm like oh my gosh I just give up you know after wallowing in that for a while I I I come out of it I'm like if not me then who if not now then when because now is the time and so many people are suffering you know the suffering has come in you know, in immeasurable ways, we countless ways, you know, whether you, you don't even have to be in the immigration field, you're seeing the suffering and the suffering is just hard to bear. And so that is what really fuels me that I have been put on earth for a purpose. I'm still looking for the purpose, but I will use my expertise in the field that I have to bring the change that I think we need to see you're still looking for a purpose like (laughs) woman you are giving the whole world purpose like oh my gosh (laughs) you're too kind well you know I don't know if this is it you know but I will keep I mean it's so awesome to hear you speak and I mean in between that you're writing columns and you're writing books and you're letting everyone know you know I've been okay for those that don't know I, I I don't let you guys in behind the scenes very often but I have been trying to get Tamina for two months and it's always like no I've got to do this no I've got a meeting no I've got this she is like the busiest person I know in law 
Like, I'm like, okay, I don't even think the president is busy as you. Oh, <laughs> you're too kind. That's not true. I just, I just really feel as though, and, and I'll just take you through my day because I think that will maybe give a, an insight. So remember, I have a day job, which is lawyering. You know, I'm seeing my clients, I'm working on their cases, I'm working with my team and giving guidance. But I also have two children, they're 11 and nine. And, you know, we had home schooling I did have a little help but there was you know zoom breaks down or homework hasn't been done so it's been a struggle but within this struggle I knew I needed to use this time where I'm not traveling and commuting for you know a couple of hours a day to put it somewhere and I just felt so uh, this this compelling need to tell people and explain and inform and educate. And I kept thinking, where in the day am I going to find this time? And I changed my body clock. I worked on this hard and have created a new habit where I wake up between five and six, sometimes earlier, and I meditate. So people know that I have some way of, uh, you know, keeping still a bit. And then I write and my writing time is sacred between, you know, meditating and writing. I stop around 830 in the morning when I my day job begins at nine. And I think for me, making sure that people like your listeners have the, the accurate information, people are seeing what's happening on the ground and not relying on what's only in the news, because one of the things that I've come to understand is immigration lawyers have an insight that a lot of people do not right right so guys as you can see this is definitely to be continued because this is too good so you guys have to stay tuned and wait for the next episode but guys her information is in the show notes so of course you won't miss a thing make sure you're checking out her book and her website but as always guys be good to yourselves be good to each other and happy shopping. Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything with Me podcast, and you're listening to CQP Moments with the Coupon Queen Pen. Don't forget to like and subscribe and rate her podcast.